being sure. successful to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's the, the, the goal is like, I'm, I could bring value to the more people I can bring value to then I'm successful, right? I'm successful if I can share something with people and that'll give like, mm-hmm. that's what I, I, I enjoy the most. I, I went back to the Bay Area and I, I had a meetup I, for my real estate group and I hadn't been back in four years. And this guy came up to me and he's like, man, I just want to thank you. Cause like I met Mike at your meetup and this guy was a new realtor. He met Mike and he's done like 20 transactions because of the event I put on. All right, tonight, Megan and I are interviewing um, a person I've known for about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years now. Um, His name is Bo Eckstein and he is in the real estate, commercial finance, and business ownership uh, areas. And um, he has vast experience in real estate, financing, franchises, business acquisition, you name it, this guy knows how to do it or what it's about. Um, A great consultant, he can help you with darn near anything business related. So um, that's gonna be all the introduction I give because um, he's gonna be able to say it all himself and then some. So. Bo, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we'll we'll just get started with um, how Bo and I met, um, and and Megan knows Bo too. So, um, and we can talk about that too if if it if it makes sense. Um, I used to run a meetup back in the Bay Area in California. I think I started in two thousand nine or two thousand ten, and Bo started coming maybe a year or two into that. I'm not sure. Um, but Bo is always focused on his marketing. Um, he may be in real estate or, you know, business ownership or coaching or whatever, but he's all about the marketing. And that's why he and I, you know, kind of clicked right away because so am I. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, this was way back when I was telling everybody to do video. You got to do video, got to do video. Um, and he took it to heart and, uh, why don't you tell us how that turned out for you? There's kind of like two parts to the to the video story. There's the then part and there's the now part, um, which is kind of a neat bookend. So why don't you tell us what your experience was with the first time you like started with video? Sure. So um, we used to, I used to also run a meetup group and it was, mine was based in real estate and mm-hmm. real estate investing. And so anyway, uh, one day, one of the guys filmed a segment and made a highlight reel and he posted it on YouTube. I didn't really think about it. And then a few months later, maybe a year later, I got a call from a casting company and they're like, Hey, we're doing a house flipping show. And we saw you, we'd love for you to come out and audition. And, uh, long story short, I ended up doing 12 episodes on HGTV because of one stupid YouTube video. And so fast forward to, you know, a couple of years later, uh, the light bulb went off and I realized that, uh, you know, YouTube is really the, the place to go. I mean, obviously Bill and I talked marketing for years and, uh, we, we started a podcast and, and it took me a few years. I wish back then I would have started it in 2015 cause I would have grown way faster. And, and, um, so to this day now we've done over well over a thousand uploads to YouTube. Yeah. Wow. And, 
Yeah. But, you know, the, the reality of it is, is if you put yourself out there, good things will happen. And that's what happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I fully believe that to be true that, and I've had similar experiences to that, but on a different platform, why do you say YouTube? Why? Like what's the, what's the draw to YouTube versus like Instagram or TikTok or, you know, another, another platform, Facebook, YouTube. Well, YouTube's the second largest search engine in the world. So it, things can get indexed unlike TikTok for right now, can't be indexed as far as my knowledge. So it's very easy okay. to rank your videos and be found in search for specific terms. So I do a lot of SBA financing. So I might do a video on SBA 504 loans and my video now is ranking first in the, in the second largest search engine, which is owned by Google. Those videos also get indexed on Google. And oh, it's kind of a, okay. and it's evergreen. It's evergreen. So TikTok's not so much evergreen. And so, mm. and plus my app, my avatar, it, they're on YouTube. They're searching for what I'm, the content I'm putting out. So that's why I love YouTube as my primary. Now I definitely right. could be, be more involved in TikTok and things. That would also help my business a lot. Right. Okay. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So. You know, Bo mentioned his his, his avatar, <clears throat> and right. why, why don't you why don't you explain who like a, f a few of your avatars might be, and then we'll explain why it makes more sense for you to concentrate on YouTube versus other platforms. Okay, so I have a couple different pillars. I think on YouTube you can have some different avatars. So I do. I have pillars. One pillar of mine is, is lending and loans. And then another pillar of mine is franchises and business acquisition. So those are, those pillars represent the avatars for each of those pillars. So you can have a couple pillars because you're not a one size fits all. You, I'm multi-dimensional and a lot of us out there have many things that we do mm -hmm. underneath our umbrella. And so, you know, for the loan business, it's pretty much any business owner for SBA financing. It's any business owner that wants to start, buy, or expand a business. They want to listen to my content because I'm giving them relevant information. I'm not a stuffy banker. And instead of them calling a bank and not getting a call back, they go to me and I point them in the right direction and get them from A to Z. So it works very well. And uh, I think we've had well over a thousand booked appointments off of YouTube in the last two and a half years, a thousand, I think it's more like 1200, but let's just say a thousand. Right. And, and this is amazing because, um, you know, I own a business and I could have used your help in the past in in my first time purchasing a business. And, and now you're helping me out, um, this time around, but, um, I didn't even know that like there was a service like yours offered you know, how, how, um, would you say that that's a common thing that like people, I mean, are people searching for you or, I mean, how do you, how do you get your business? I get 90% of, of my business. Or... Yeah. 90% of it now is coming from my podcast. My pa my podcast is a YouTube show, um, mm -hmm. or guesting on other podcasts. So I'm a, I'm a regular, uh, weekly 
regular on another person's show. He has 50,000 subscribers. I get a lot of leads from that now. So I'm, now I'm going to find more podcasts, YouTube, which are YouTube shows, and get on all of them, right? right? Because then I get their I get their audience. I can. That's the fastest way to grow your business is to get. So my friend has 50,000 subscribers. I was just on a podcast that had 20,000 YouTube subscribers. So if I keep on doing that, my business just booms. And right. I'm reading just a really... Of... Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, yeah, just because of all the eyes that are that are on there that weren't before that. Yeah, you know? the beauty of of YouTube and it being a search engine is that we know how, we know what people are searching for. Mm -hmm. So we make videos around what people are searching for. And then just magically those search terms show up when somebody, you know, types in, you know, I need a SBA 504 loan. Mm -hmm. Most going to be at the top or with, sometimes he's in like the first eight spots of out of 10 because we know how to do that. Um, and he's, he's, you know, people just type in things like basic questions and his videos appear and they, if you see enough of that, like, oh my gosh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Right. Let me just make, let me book an appointment. It's a no obligation appointment. It's 15 minutes and they can figure out together whether Bo can help them or not. And I would imagine 95 times out of a hundred, you can in some form or fashion. It may not be, hey, let's do it, you know, I can get you a loan or whatever, but it may be, I can guide you in the right direction. But mm -hmm. every, almost every time he's going to be able to help them. just based on what they needed and typed into a search engine. It's truly right. amazing. And, and now that I'm so in, involved with it, I study other people because I go in, onto their YouTube channels and I watch how they create their funnels. And there's so many people right now that are building nice business models just from YouTube. It's, it's truly amazing to see. I mean, different service providers, coaches, people teaching niche, niche subject, subjects, like, for example, how to buy a boutique motel. And then there's a person that right. has coaching programs, right? And they sell a three or $5,000 a year coaching program. So you can really mm -hmm. figure out. And that's where you start with the framework of how this all works. And then, and then, so I, my channel started just regarding like entrepreneurship and real estate investing lending. I uh, did talk a little bit about SBA, but as I got more passionate about SBA, I started talking about SBA more. And then, cause I talked about SBA more, I got more leads for SBA loans, right? Cause more people were like finding the information. And then over time, mm -hmm. and then a, about three years ago, I, because YouTube basically showed me that people were really wanting to buy a business, buy businesses, I started creating mm -hmm. content around that. And then I got into franchising and then I uh, became a franchise broker. And now people come to me and I, that's another thing I do. So my channel has grown because I've listened to what people wanted. And your business, your, it's like a, it's just like your YouTube is the hub and then you have all the spokes off of it and the spokes could be, and Bill and I have talked about this for years. We, we used to say it's the website, 
but now I think it's mm -hmm. the YouTube channel is, is the main hub. And then the spoke is your different landing pages and websites. Wow. Okay. Right. I like that. Cause I'm, but, but yeah, I'm regular. When, yeah. when, when you think about his funnel though, it's, it's really simple. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's kind of almost embarrassing for two marketers to be sitting here saying it, how simple this funnel is, but it's basically we create an, an SEO type video that's got good content that answers a, a specific question most of the time. Okay. And there's a call to action in there that says book a call. Okay. And people book a call and that's wow. it. Wow. I mean, that's essentially it, right? That's amazing. It, and videos, the vi video does the selling for me because people know, like, and trust me before I even meet them. It's like the most unbelievable thing. Yesterday, oh, right? Yesterday, I was on a call in one of the groups I belong to, and we had a speaker, and she got started selling homes, uh, real estate. Right? She's a, just mm -hmm. a residential real estate agent, and uh, she started just in 2018, and she didn't want to do traditional marketing like cold calling and this. So she started a mm. YouTube channel. Well, she, she, she made $400,000 in commissions from her YouTube channel specifically in the last two or three years. <laughs> so it's That's out there for amazing. anybody. Yeah. 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 And I think like it's a, a quick video is something that, you know, people can like save on their phone, save on their TikTok, save on their, you know, YouTube account or wherever you save things and share it with their friends. And then, you know, they could be like, I heard some so-and-so having a conversation about this. And they, it's so easy to just click one button and share a contact or share a video. So that's, that's so smart. I love this. And think about the idea that once that video's out there, right. it's out there forever mm -hmm. and it's evergreen. I mean, yeah, rates might change or terms might change or whatever, but, but the process of buying and selling real estate or buying and selling businesses, it's the same for the past, uh, mm -hmm. you know, hundred years or whatever, you know, there are contracts and there are terms and stuff like that, but every, it's, it's, it's really kind of very very similar. And, and the neat thing is there are going to be other programs that come along offered by either the federal government or a state government or a municipality that you can put out there quickly, get it out there, be mm -hmm. a first mover, and you're going to get all the traffic and you might get, you know, a, a bunch of leads that way too. And if it goes away mm -hmm. or whatever, so be it. But your, your, your videos really are, I mean, I used to call them silent salespeople, but they're just unpaid salespeople because they're not mm. silent. You know, people watch them, they hear what you're saying, but you don't ever have to make them again. You don't like have to make the the, the same video again. Um, so it, it's 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 pretty awesome actually, <laughs> and and it can serve as like like Bo said, the hub for everything you do. So you can create a thousand pieces of content from one video if you think about it blog posts, newsletters, social media posts on various <laughs> platforms, and, mm -hmm. and you reach a whole bunch of people. And and the, the, the real trick, and, and Bo can confirm this 100%, is you can't make a video, well, some people will make a video and go viral, and that's great. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, you have to make about 100 videos before you start seeing any traction. But right. once you see that traction, once you see that kind of hockey stick, 
YouTube starts recommending you more and more and more. So you start showing up in search results more and more and more. You start showing up in their suggestions more and more and more. And you're not doing any more work. They're just helping you. They're marketing for you because they're saying, you know what? A lot of people are looking at this stuff. They're liking it. They're commenting on it. Um, it must be good. I'm going to recommend this to, to more people. And that's right. how all the all the video algorithms work to an extent. Like, you know, TikTok, for example, they'll they'll throw you out there, they'll throw your video out there for for a, a few hours, see how many views you get. And if you get like two hundred, they're gonna like stop promoting you. If you get two thousand, they're gonna keep going. Right. Until it's, it yeah. until it kinda like peters out. Right. Um, so yeah. It's really interesting and, and it has to be like your you have to follow like your exact content. Like I'm trying to create something that's not my usual content. And like Bo was saying, like maybe YouTube is a place for me because I could branch off in different ways instead of trying to guide these people that are going in one way, you know, um, another way. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe YouTube is a good, good idea. Yeah. I mean, my friend, yeah, so my friend, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. No, no, go ahead, because I wanted to switch gears. So go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, there's a the guy that I'm on his podcast, his YouTube show. He's done 11,000 videos. The guy is the most consistent person you could imagine. And he just buried his head down until, you know, he got like three or 4,000. I think it took him like 3,000 videos before he made a dollar. And now, wow. you know, he's making about $80,000 a year now in, in Google AdSense. And that's just mm. going to compound and compound and compound and compound and compound. And then he's, right. he's, he's he, he makes about, through his channel, he's making about $500,000 a year now with all of his that's courses amazing. and events. So it's very doable. But then again, the, you got to be consistent, right? He doesn't edit his videos either, which is interesting. Most people edit. So there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a method for anybody who wants to stick with it to create a living from creating YouTube content. So I, okay. I will just throw in a, a, a minor, it's not really a correction, but he does edit his videos. He, he records a 30 minute video and, and chops it up into three pieces. So he has three pieces of content from every interview and he puts those out throughout the day. So he's putting out le at least, right? At least three videos a day, sometimes multiples of three. No, it's, he puts out like six, six to eight videos a day. Okay, so he's he's doing a couple <laughs> full videos, wow. but then he's breaking them up, right? So that's another way to do it. Um, okay. But yeah, he's not editing. He's not like going in and splicing stuff up and like putting pizzazz out there. And and I I watched one of his videos where he was talking about you know how he it took him so long to like make any money and yeah it was a I want to say it was two years before he made like five bucks. Or something crazy like that. But he, he was persistent and he just kept doing it. Now, he had the luxury of being in an established business before he started doing this. So this was kind of like a an experiment, but it's paid off. Right. So it can be done, um, but it's hard and, it, and, it, and you will get discouraged. Mm -hmm. um, but just keep doing it. Um, yeah. So can can we switch gears a little bit? We can come back to this because this is really sure. fun. Let's switch gears. Um, yeah. So you've been doing this. You've been in business for yourself or or in real estate, financing, that kind of thing 
for over 20 years now, right? 20, yeah, 25. 25. I'm 45 okay. and I started um, when I was 20. Yeah. So what, what, what wow. did you start doing? What was your first job in this field or, or the real uh, estate? I was, te I was a tele telemarketer for a residential mortgage company when I was 20. So you, did you make oh. outbound calls? I made outbound calls and I was so good. I said, I'm, and then I started making loan officers all this money and I said, okay, I got to get my, my license. And I, at 21, I got my real estate license. At that time, we could originate loans with just a real estate license in California. Nice. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I feel like so many people like don't get to, you know, just start their path out so young like that, but you did like, how did, did you always know where you were going or that you wanted to no. do something like this? No, I wasn't a good student in high school. I wouldn't open books or, you know, I didn't like to learn. Actually, I had a learning disability. And I was in like mm -hmm. special needs class when I was in elementary school. Um, mm -hmm. But then I either wanted to be uh, in law enforcement or I wanted to be in real estate. And I almost went into the military. And then I decided not to do that because I just wasn't cut out to be in the military. Uh, uh -huh. So I got into real estate. And started okay. as a as a telemarketer, and then got my license at 21, and then started originating residential loans. And then I got, um, and then I opened a a mortgage company with a big brokerage, and I moved to Lake Tahoe. We opened a branch on the Nevada side, and mm -hmm. bought bought a lot of real estate. I owned a, a small real estate franchise for a little while. And then when the downturn happened in real estate, I had to reposition because I lost everything pretty much. And uh, mm. that's when I mm -hmm. got into doing hard money lending and I started lending money to house flippers. And mm -hmm. then I said, well, if these guys can flip houses, I could flip houses. And then I started flipping houses and that's when I got casted for that TV show. And then later in life, mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, I'm kind of burnt out of residential loans. I want to do commercial loans. And that's how I, I taught myself SBA lending. So right. I guess the difference is between me and a lot of people is I still have the books open where some people mm -hmm. are, they're 45 years old and they're in their job and they're not satisfied and they're not, right. but they're not helping themselves by learning and expanding their minds. And, and so even though I wasn't a good student, I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I study Actually, right before this call, I was, I was studying. Every day I study a little bit. Yeah, I think that's hugely yeah. important. And and I love that you're being honest about that because I feel like a lot of really successful people, um, you know, say that they struggled in school or had a learning disability or, you know, some kind of um, issue that, that didn't, um, you know, support them succeeding well in traditional in a traditional school environment so like what advice would you give to maybe kids that like aren't fitting into that norm um you know you did it you you figured it out later in life like what how what advice would you give to to kids to um you know go down their own path and find find their own you know, find their way out of that box, I guess. Well, I think, I think people need a, a, a some sort of coach to like coach, help them, yeah. help them prompt their ideas and make it become a reality. 
And that's, mm, that's, that's, that's what great. I'm kind of doing. That's what I'm transitioning, uh, doing to a certain level. And Bill's helping me because he sees all my ideas over the last 15 years. But that's when, yeah, that's so great. That, that's why I'm becoming the business ownership coach. Not so much is because I have the same calls with people every day. And those calls are, mm -hmm. I'm really burnt out of my W2 job. I'm pretty, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable. I make 150 grand a year. I've got two rental properties. I've got a hundred grand in the 401k, mm -hmm. but they're burnt out and they're not satisfied. So yeah. business ownership coach was created to help these people build a business or start a business or buy a franchise, or at least get some good advice from me and mm -hmm. from people on my team. So that's what I'm most excited about now is to, is to help 10,000 people become entrepreneurs yes. in the next 10 years. And to answer that's your amazing. question about, yeah, to answer your question about um, the youth, I, I, I get mm -hmm. a lot of calls from 21 year olds that are, watch the podcast and they, they're not looking for a loan at the moment, but I, I mm -hmm. try to give them good advice. So I think early on, you have to encourage your children to follow their passions and then help them like, hey, mom or dad, I don't want to go to college. I know you, you're really pro education and I like education too, but I just don't want to go to school. I want to do something different. I want to, I want to follow. And so how can you mm -hmm. prompt those kids? Maybe your son wants to, or daughter wants to be a HVAC technician. Well, they can right. become multimillionaires owning an HVAC company. Or, mm -hmm. or maybe you teach your children about cash flow and you mm -hmm. help them get a vending route when they're in high school and each vending machine nets them three to $500 uh, a month. And you start building that. And before you know it, they have 30 vending machines and they're making six figures a year, just working mm -hmm. on a vending route, right? Like it's very, but nobody teaches the kids. Not, I shouldn't say nobody. No, not enough. It's people. not common. It's not common. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we need to change. And so, um, now that I'm having my first child, I'm having my first mm -hmm. child. That's the things I would, I would think that I want to instill in my children is these values. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 It was a shock, but Hey, <laughs> oh, it'll is. get more shocking. <laughs> I'm going to be an old dad. That's awesome. but it's it's more common now to be an old dad. People are having kids later in life, so absolutely, yeah. That would be me. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I I think I think you touch on something that's that's really important, and that is you know. So I did go to college. Um, I didn't learn that I had, that I probably had a learning disability until like two weeks ago, because I'm just stupid. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I was talking to a, um, a counselor, um, somewhere like completely aside from me. And, um, he says, you have ADHD? And I said, I, I, I don't know. He goes, I think you do. <laughs> Cause he's, he and I have interacted, you know, for a couple months and just in, in, in various settings. But, um, so, but I did go to college. I was the first person in my, in my family to go, go to college. I paid my way through, I worked 40 hours a week. Um, and then some and worked and, and went to school like 
more than full time. Like I was not a 12 unit, a, a quarter or semester kid. I was like a 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was tough, but I found that the, the, the busier I was, the less time I had to goof around. So I actually got stuff done because mm-hmm. that, and that, that kind of lends itself to the ADHD. If I get distracted, I don't get anything done or I get things done, but they're not like productive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where I had a job and a college job, that's all I did. So I didn't have time to like wander off and go to parties and stuff like that. But the point is that was, you know, a long time ago. And I think that was the beginning. This is like the late eighties, right? That was the beginning of the non, you know, traditional, the traditional career path was kind of like vanishing. And now I think it's almost gone. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to get a job and work there 40 years. It's just not going to happen. That's not to say it won't happen for one or two people that, you know, cause it mm-hmm. will, but most people will have, like when I was going to college, people were saying, you're going to change your career eight times. And I'm like, Oh shit, that sucks. Now I think it's more like 20 times, yeah. you know? So, you know, and even look at, look at a business person like Bo, you haven't been in the same exact job role for the last 25 years, you've evolved as your interests right. change. So does your direction. And I think that's a good thing to instill in kids because I think I see the W2 job, like kind of vanishing. Um, mm-hmm. and it's going to be more like the gig economy and you're going to have to like learn how to make money in, in various income streams. But the flip side to that is, well, there's two flip sides, I think, or at least two benefits to that. One is you're going to have, um, a diversified income stream. So if one of them fails or goes belly up, you have seven or eight other ones, right? Um, whereas if you have a job and it goes belly up, you got to go find another job and you got to hope you can pay your rent, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing is, um, I think you can, you can leverage all those pieces. Like let's say you have eight streams of income. You can work on growing each one of those and leveraging them so that you can become if not independently wealthy, at least wealthier than you would if you were working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So that's all good stuff. So that, that was just my aside. Um, but you guys have gone down that path too. So, um, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. So your first job was a telemarketer. Um, let's go back a little bit before that. So you grew, wh- where did you grow up? I was born on the East Coast in the suburbs of New York. And uh, I lived in New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And I moved to California from Pennsylvania. I think I was about 10 or 11 years old. Mm, Okay. And then I spent most of my life in the Bay Area. And then um, I moved to Tahoe in 2005. And then the downturn happened and then moved back to the Bay Area. And then in 2014, I bought a townhouse in Las Vegas. And I always knew I wanted to live there full time, but I would go on the weekends. And then in 2019, I moved here full time. So I'll be here four years, I think in Las Vegas. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, so you talked about, uh, the TV show flip it to win it. That was, that was a pretty big win. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have to tell you my kids and I, and my wife, still watch that show whenever we're flipping through the channels and that's on. It's like, Oh, we got to watch this because it was a really good show. Actually, it was a good premise. 
I don't know why it didn't last more than a season, but it was really, it was a fun show. Um, and it, you know, it was basically based in California and had to do with like home auctions and stuff like that. And whoever made the most profit in an episode would win that episode or whatever. It was, oh, it, it was, was a, a competition. Concept. I didn't realize yeah. it was a competition show. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, it, it, it's kind of like MasterChef in that respect. Right. In that there's a competition. Somebody wins and somebody loses. Somebody Now, these guys didn't go home, but they just didn't win. Um, yeah. It, it, was the, it was the same cast throughout the whole season, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now you've kind of moved into the whole business coaching, business acquisition, business ownership. Um, you've talked a, a little bit about that why it's important to you and how you're going to, you know, try to instill those values in your, in your children. Um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about like, you know, entrepreneurs often have like routines, systems, tools. Mm. Some people might call them life hacks or business hacks. Talk about, let, let's just talk about a, a morning routine because I think yours is pretty, it's not unusual, but it's, it's, it's regimented. It's like, it, it, it takes a strong constitution to do what you do. Most people can't. So. Oh my gosh. About, I'm curious tell us, now. Tell us about your morning. Um, what time so do you wake yeah, up? Uh, well, today I got up a little early. I was up at like three 30 in the morning and uh, I was mm -hmm. at the gym. Well, my wife used to, to, before she was pregnant, she would go to the gym really early. So we'd have coffee, but she doesn't drink coffee right now because she's pregnant. So I go to Starbucks so I, and there's only one open, which is like eight miles from my house. But I go there and it's kind of a ritual, at least for the time being. And I order my coffee and then I drink that on the way back, listen to music, and then I go to the gym and mm -hmm. then I get home. I usually eat something and then I start working. And then my calendar is. What, what, yeah. what time are you sitting down in your chair to work? <clears throat> no later than seven, but like today I was at my desk probably about six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So yeah, I could work, I could work all the time. And even when I'm not working, I'm studying something. So mm -hmm. I don't get bored. Like when I go to bed at night, I'm listening to a podcast that's enriching, uh, enriching my mind and yes. so you know i i listen i uh i listen to podcasts and uh that's where i i get a lot of really good information and you you can learn so much information nowadays from youtube university and so like even if you don't have a lot of money and you don't want to buy somebody's coaching program mm -hmm. you can get a lot mm -hmm. of information from youtube and you just got to find the right people to follow and there's a lot of good people out mm -hmm. there to follow yeah I, I like to say that almost everything you need is available on the internet right now if you want to like start a business right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. what a coach or a course provides is a curated list of like known good material but you can go on youtube and find anything and everything you just got to figure out what's right and what's wrong what works for you what doesn't work for you so there's a lot of noise involved like a lot of like filtering whereas okay. a course or a coach would, would 
would kind of serve that up to you on kind of like a silver platter for a price. But everything out there is free. You know, everything out there on YouTube is free for the most part. So you right. can do it. There's there's literally no excuse for people to go, well, I just, I, I can't find the information. It's because you're not looking for it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and I spend a lot of money on, on coaching and personal development every year. Thousands and thousands of dollars. Yes, but the best does. investment you can make in yourself is in yourself, right? So, mm -hmm. right. Like when I and, and when yeah, I decided, I yeah. What I was going to say is when I decided because I saw a need to educate people, and I didn't know about the franchise industry other than I would finance the deals. Mm -hmm. Then I sought out and I joined the franchise association, and I learned, and I continue to learn about different franchises, how you help clients buy franchises, right? So like, you know, mm -hmm. I invested well over 20 grand in that business right there. And, it, and and I didn't quite start, I didn't start working in that business for a while because I had to learn, but I wasn't in a rush. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people won't invest, right? But I looked at it and go, hey, if I invest this 20 grand, even if it takes me two years, once I figure it out, it's going to make me hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so that's how you have to look right. at everything. What's the ROI? So I've, I've invested. I don't know. I, don't, I should add it up sometime, but I don't know. Probably this year, this year alone, probably 50 grand at least. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, some people would say that that's a lot of money, but you, and, it, and it is, but, you know, when you see it coming back like you do, I mean, it's completely worth it. Um, you, you talked a lot about, like I, you said, I read constantly. I do all this coaching. What would you say if you had to pick like a book, a book about business or leadership or, or entrepreneurship or some, or along those lines, like what would you say one of the most valuable books that somebody could pick up and read today? So I, I will say that I don't really read. I listen on audible, but the one thing I will mm -hmm. say about that is I'm going back to reading now because I'm, I want to start taking notes on the, in the book. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to start buying books again, uh, as far as hard books. But so if okay. you look at my, if you look in, um, my audible right now, uh, the, the most recent person I've been listening to who I love now, uh -huh. and, uh, he wrote a book called the key person, key person of influence. Okay. His name is Dan Daniel Presley. And it's funny because I just learned about him on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> he was he was being interviewed. And so that that's point in case that how powerful YouTube is. And and when you listen to his book or read his book, you're gonna learn about being a key person of influence. And it's spot on what he talks about, about getting on shows, uh, about building an audience, about stepping on stage i was listening to him today mm -hmm. on youtube every time you step on a stage and you get in front of two or three hundred people right i'm going to speak at an event here in vegas there's going to be 300 people mm -hmm. 300 people that are probably going to do business with me at least a percentage of them and how many of right. those will become re repeat customers or clients right mm -hmm. and how many of them mm -hmm. will give me a referral just that room alone is worth multiple six figures to me but most people Absolutely. don't think about it that way so mm -hmm. the more stages you can get on is very, very important for whatever you want to talk about. And I, and I mm -hmm. suggest everybody finds out what they want to talk about and shares their, their message because yeah. 
it's hard for people to do for some people, right? Like Bill's more introverted in certain ways. And so doing a podcast was probably a little bit more challenging than it was for me. But now that he's doing it, he's at, at some point, it'll be so, right. Like, and I, I used to be so self-conscious that I, I would be so scared to get up in front of in class. Um, when I tried to go, mm -hmm. I did try to go to junior college, I should say that was, part of it, but it didn't last too long. <laughs> and I took a, I took a, like a speech class and I was so nervous. Mm -hmm. I'd get sweaty and I'd have anxiety. And now I just get up and I, and I realize I say, you know, all the time and I'm going to punch myself in the face when I see videos, but I know that I have a good message to share and I'm, and I'm willing to do a Toastmasters or something. I hate Toastmasters, but, um, I shouldn't say I hate Toastmasters. I want to, I want to learn from something other than Toastmasters, just the way they teach, but mm, I want to be a yeah. better speaker and I want to get on stages. And so like the journey of Bo will mm -hmm. always evolve. And like yeah. my business, my business coach is freaking 84 years old, 84 years old. And I still like, he's still with it mm -hmm. and he could easily be retired, but because he's bringing value to the world and he loves mm -hmm. what he does, it's keeping him alive and he's going to live a longer time on this yep. earth and he'll be more fulfilled, right? Because there's so many people that work till they're 65, then they, they're fat and unhappy and then mm -hmm. they die, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. you got to choose how you want to live your life. And that's, that's so evident out there. Like you got to be that mm -hmm. passionate. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's funny. You should say you, you did uh, public speaking in, um, in junior college. Well, I didn't, I actually did. And, and this points to the introverted nature of me, um, is I actually, I think I, I found a loophole in getting around the, uh, the oral speaking stuff <laughs> by taking like three or four extra classes. So I just wow. did that. <laughs> Cause I did not want to get up in front of people. And then yeah. my first, I, I, I decided when I was like probably 20 years old or so that the only way I'm going to like overcome my fears is just to, I don't want to say face your fears, but just do it. Like I was afraid of heights and I took a job on a skyscraper washing windows in my college, in one of my college summers. I'm still afraid of heights, but I feel good that I did it. Yeah. I jumped out of a plane once. I'm glad I did it. It was fun. I wanted to do it again as soon as I landed. Um, you know, and and my first job, my first real job out of, out of college was in retail where you have to talk to people. So I just, mm -hmm. it was, if I wanted to, like, not live at my parents' house, <laughs> I, I had to do something. I had to, I had to talk to people. So it became yeah. a thing. And then. That's kind of why I started these meetups because it's, it's a, initially it's a small group of people. It's five or six people. Um, and a lot of times they're your friends, you know, they're going to support you. So I'm just talking amongst friends. Right. And then it grows and grows and grows and you kind of grow into it. And, and it's, people always say, you gotta, you gotta step outside your comfort zone. No, you don't. What you gotta do though, is you gotta be in your comfort zone and make it bigger. Like you can grow your comfort zone. You don't have to mm. jump outside your comfort zone, but you got to make it bigger if you want to grow. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. 
I feel like I do have to jump outside of my comfort zone a, a lot of the times. Like, I, maybe I don't know how to do it gradually like that. Um, that's an interesting perspective. I like that. It, it's 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 like you're pushing the walls, right? You're pushing the yeah. envelope. You're not like yeah. you're not like puncturing it with a with a with a knife or right. A sharp we don't object. have to do it that just, way. You're yeah. just you're just think of yourself inside a balloon, right? How do yeah. you make the balloon bigger? You uh-huh. Put more air in it. Okay. Right? Yeah. You don't you don't push on it because it's gonna break. You just <laughs> give it give it more oxygen and it and it will grow. Same same for you. That makes um, sense. Let's talk a little bit about um what you do outside of business. Like you've you've done some pretty interesting things outside of your business. And I think you know what I'm talking about, but uh, yeah, so I mean I I don't know, I, I love business and and I love learning. So I think to me, um, like what I used to do before I was married is I would go and do, I'd go to events and I'd love to be around people and like high, like people that were really um, growth mindset, had a, had a growth mindset. So I'd go to events and I'd travel, you know, I'd, there would be an event in San Diego and I'd spend the weekend there and just, I would do that. I did that for like 10 years and I loved it. And, and like, I didn't really... Mm-hmm. I did, you know, I did my drinking and partying with my friends, but I really, as I got older and I had the ability to travel and do things, I'd love to do the weekend trips and just jump in my car and then I would mm-hmm. go learn something. And to me, learning is probably the most fulfilling thing I can do besides eat good food, um, like food and then learning or maybe equal, but, but, you know, interesting things I like, um, you know, obviously I go to the gym every day, pretty much every day. I barely ever miss a day. Even if I don't want to go hard, I'll go walk on the treadmill. And, um, so I don't miss the gym in the morning. Uh, and I like mixed martial arts, like fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't watch any, I'm like, most guys like football and basketball and all that stuff. I don't watch any sports. The only sport I watch is combat sports, uh, mixed martial arts. I used to do jujitsu when I was younger. It's one of my big regrets that I quit doing martial arts. So I, I would say, you know, if you if you should never stop a sport that you like because that keeps you younger too. Uh, but I don't know what Bill you were getting at because yeah, I, I was getting at the at the MMA stuff, yeah. and I was also getting at the powerlifting stuff, which oh, yeah. you kind of touched on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've tried powerlifting before. You know, I went to a powerlifting gym. Uh, I, I used to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu when I was younger. One time I was going to do a, like an MMA fight, but I wasn't cut out to be a fighter. I remember that. That kind of scared me a little bit. Um, I it was, sucks uh, to get punched in the face, huh? Yeah. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I like, what I like about like martial arts and, and, and wrestling and grappling and stuff like that is, is the athleticism, the discipline, Kind of like, um, and and the training aspect. It's like you're going to get in really good shape doing any of those things, and that just you know, a healthy body, healthy mind, they go together, right? So, mm-hmm. oh, and also, I, I used to volunteer. I was a volunteer mediator, and don't ask me how I became a mediator, but uh, somehow I I was <laughs> like, I, I read about this don't mediation. You have like, don't you have like a certificate or a credential or something in that? Yeah, so I, I I saw this program for community mediation. So I started like mediate mediating cases. I got trained like 
you know, first it was like neighbor disputes and they'd come to a, we were not, I worked for, I, I volunteered at a nonprofit and we'd mediate these cases when the neighbors were fighting because the, the fence was falling down and the one neighbor didn't want to pay for it. My God. This is and, really and, interesting. I want to do this. And then, or I want to uh, witness actually, this. And then I, I actually <laughs> want to get back into it. And so, and then I, uh, and then I took a practicum at the Hayward, Hayward, California, um, small uh, claims court. And we mediate a couple small cl uh, claims court cases. And then I was like, oh, cool. This is cool. And then I saw that in, uh, in Northern California, there's a county called Solano County that they were putting uh -huh. Pepperdine University was putting on an event for mediation. And it was like a really prestigious mediation training. And, and, and it was being subsidized by Solano County is normally like 10 grand in it. I had to pay like 900 bucks. And when I get there, it was me and uh, like 30 attorneys in this training. Wow. It was all attorneys except for me. So wow. like when, when you talk about, when I talk about like my hobbies and passions, I like random educational things. Like I want to learn like random stuff that uh, is fulfilling and, and mediating is a very important skill because you have to learn how to actively listen you have to you have to learn how to resolve issues. It's all the stuff I did when I was selling houses, right? You got the buyer's agent, mm -hmm. seller's agent. You got two. Uh, you got a seller. You got a buyer. They're pissed off at each other. You got to negotiate. There's a lot of uh, pain points. There's a lot of sometimes disputes, and so mm -hmm. the mediation is a great skill to learn. It really is, and and I haven't done it in a long time, but they. I want to take another uh, at UNLV here in Las Vegas. They have a, a forty hour workshop. Cause I like it. I could see myself doing real estate mediation and you know, maybe I bill like you can bill five, 800 bucks an hour or something like that. I, I would do that. That'd okay. be fun. That would huh. be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've done, I've done a lot of random things. Um, I think I when, I, when I was trying, I, I wanted to be an actor. I also wanted to be an actor in, uh, and uh, <laughs> I think I was in, I was in uh, like, junior college and I was living in San Diego and I took acting classes, but that didn't last long. I, I realized I was not going to be an actor because I can't remember lines and, uh, it just <laughs> acting really isn't that fun. Um, right. Yeah. So I, you I always say, had a lot of repet repetition. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say to people to try a lot of things? Like if they're interested in something to just like try it for a while and just to see what happens. Cause it seems like, you live by that and it's really worked out for you. And I really admire that. Yeah. I, I think you got to go deep though. You, you Like with the YouTube thing, you know, Bill and I could have gave up on, on my YouTube channel and said, mm -hmm. Oh, let's not, let's stop. But it, you know, as you press forward and I remember I had closed a couple small deals, but I remember I got a check like two and a half years ago and it was like $30,000 and it was from YouTube. And I was like, uh, it was from a deal I closed off of YouTube. And actually, mm -hmm. I have a deal right now, knock on wood, it may not close. But the point is, is if it does close, it'll pay me, uh, you know, well over $100,000 on one transaction, which came through my podcast. So amazing. Um, granted, a lot of deals may not close. That's why like I told Bill the other day when I was talking to him, I, I, I thought I had a deal that was going to pay me about 14 grand and, and it fell out, right? Like that happens in our mm -hmm. business. You can't, you can't lose sleep over it because you're going to get too stressed out because it is a stressful business sometimes. Mm -hmm. But 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 I would say yes, you do want to try things and you want to go deep. 
with things though you can't just try you can't dabble you have to go deep you have to give it you have to go hard when you when you when you try things because you're mm -hmm. not gonna you're not gonna get results if i said oh i want to try youtube and i did 10 videos and i got five views and nobody ever called me from it i didn't really right. try it right you so didn't you, right yeah yeah the, okay. the other thing i want to point I, I, out I, I, too I, I, okay, go ahead the, the other thing i want to point out is is that um I think it's good to spark your creativity and, and allow your kind of talk, like following up with what, what Megan was talking about or asking about. Mm -hmm. And so I was always thinking about business models and like what I could do when I was 14 years old. This is another thing. I, I created a, uh, a design for a piece of boxing equipment and it was like focus mm -hmm. mitts. And I did, my aunt was a graphic artist. She helped me design the, the design. And then I, send it in to get a pre-patent to patent the idea or that I didn't build a prototype. And then I, and I took it to a, a company called Sentry. I can't think of the name, but anyways, they did all the infomercials on online and I asked them if they'd be interested in licensing it. And they, they said, no, they wrote back a nice letter and said, Hey, we like the idea. We're just not interested at this time. And uh, so anyways, I, I kind of dropped the ball on that. I didn't pursue it, but, like 10 years later in my 20s i was watching tv and somebody else created the same thing that i created and so the point is is that if i would have gone deep with a lot of things that i would have that i've had in my that i crossed my cross paths with over the years i would have been way more successful right i, I could have that could have been a, that could have been my it was called the combo trainer that could have been mine i just didn't i didn't have the follow through so it's good to try, but you have to have follow through. And I think that's very important. A lot of people and, and Bill knows, cause we work with similar people in different capacities, but a lot of people will try something and then they'll be like, Hey, it's not working. Well, you haven't really given it a try. Like we're, mm, we're I'm right. running ads, right? I'm running Facebook ads right now. And it's kind of frustrating because I'm spending 75 bucks a day and we're, we just converted four, I think, but I'm like, I'm going to convert more. How come? But, but the thing is, you can't just expect it to work amazing at first. I mean, if you, you know, you might get lucky and you, it converts amazingly, but the reality of it is, is 99% of the people, you have to learn how to run Facebook ads. You have to learn how to build the little mousetraps per se for Facebook ads. But if you could run ads and then get a hundred people to come to your event and you could do that religiously and it mm -hmm. cost you $2 or $5 for every person to attend your event, Right. Like you get really good at that stuff. So I think it's good to try, but also you also have to go deep and you have to figure out what needs to be tweaked with whatever you're doing. Right. And then at some point, yes, you have to say, hey, this isn't the best for me. It's not working the way I want. Mm -hmm. But if I would have done that with the franchise business, right, like because I didn't really get traction for the first year and a half. Now, I wasn't totally trying with it, but mm -hmm. once I understood it and I got traction with it, now I have you know, 10, 10 or 15 clients right now. Right. And those are, those are nice deals. Those are $20,000 plus type of commission. So right. the, the point is, is it's all doable. I think you just, you do have to try and find and find your stride, but you also have to realize that you have to give it enough effort to find your stride. Yeah. I think on one of these podcasts, we, we should dig deeper into that because, you know, there's an element of like, passion people tell you follow your passion 
Hmm. Some people will tell you, well, find something that's profitable and do that. And that will become your passion because you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy making that money. And I, th I still think the passion thing works, but you got to be really passionate about something and, and you have to be persistent. You have to have grit. You have to, you hmm. have to be able to face rejection because every, you know, every time somebody, you know, dislikes your video, that's rejection. Right. right. Yeah. Um, or, or makes a negative comment. And that mm -hmm. can really get you down, especially, you know, especially if you're like introverted like me, who doesn't want to be out there in the first place. Right. Well, fuck you people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. Um, but you just gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you almost have, you almost have to tell yourself, well, maybe you do have to tell, tell yourself, I'm going to commit to this for a year, or I'm going to commit to this with a hundred videos, or I'm going to commit to this for something, make a commitment to yourself. And don't waver from it. It's like Bo goes to the gym every morning, even when he doesn't want to go, even mm -hmm. when he's sick, even when he's got COVID, even when, you know, whatever, he just, he goes, right? Mm -hmm. And, and some people will tell you, don't go to the gym when you're sick. Well, what's good? What's if, obviously, if you're like infectious, you probably shouldn't go, right? But, um, you know, if you, if you've got a cold or whatever, go to the gym, man. It's not going to hurt you or anybody else. Um, but there's a point, right, where let's say you've made that commitment and you've done all those things and you've spent X dollars and you've spent X time and it's just not working. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not your thing. Right. And how do you tell? <clears throat> like, how do you tell? And I don't know that there's an answer. I mean, part, part of me says that everybody can do anything with enough persistence. But I also know that everybody can't be a brain surgeon, for example, right? So mm -hmm. there's there's a line that you that you kind of have to figure out. Yeah. But so many so many times in business, people quit right before they were going to make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Gosh, I right before that inflection point. Uh huh. Yeah. Gosh, I think when it's just not making you happy anymore, and you don't see the joy in it, you don't see a future in it anymore, like when you feel like detached from whatever, whatever it is, like, um, yeah, I don't know what the answer is to that. What do you, what do you think the answer is to that? Well, as I get a little wiser in my life, I've realized that I'm good at certain things and I really hate doing certain things. And so once you figure that part out, it's like, for example, I don't like the details of the, the loan processing, right? So, or if I get a very small loan, I have a, I have a team that just does everything and I get paid mm -hmm. less, but it's fine because I, I might spend 20 minutes as a, as, as opposed to spending two or three hours on that same deal. So mm -hmm. now I have, right. And I like to do the front end sales process with the franchise and I have a partner that does the day to day and likes to meet with the client every week. And like you figure out what you're really strong with and then you delegate and, mm -hmm. or get partners. Right. And so, and that could be having virtual assistants that do your editing and right. Like I've always worked with VAs and, and virtual assistants in the Philippines and in and, and different places. So I think, um, I think, you just got to find your stride. You have to learn how to say no to people. Mm. Like some people will book like three calls and I'm not making any money. And it's like, no, you get your first call. And um, 
they'll take advantage of my kindness sometimes. So I'm learning to like mm. not allow that to happen again, right? Like I'll have an initial call with you. Is there something I can help you with right now? If not, I, I do have paid coaching now, right? Cause like, if you want my time, you're gonna have to pay for it. Right. I, I on, on YouTube, I say you can have a 15 minute strategy call with me for free. Some, t some people will book two or three calls. It's like, okay, you're taking advantage of this. Now <laughs> you're, you're gonna pay uh, a couple hundred dollars at least, if not more, right? Like, and then you just, and then, um, but a lot of people ask me before I, I even thought about that. They're like, oh, do you have any coaching programs or anything? Or do you, you know, right? Like, and I just, I should have always been doing that, right? Because my time is valuable and you have to, you have to respect your time. So mm -hmm. this year I've gotten better at respecting my time and understanding what I want to do and just do that. So I like to do the marketing and sales and figure mm -hmm. it, figure the thing out and then give it to somebody to actually do, right? Like, like I have really good ideas, but if Bill wasn't helping me, I wouldn't get it done, right? Because I need an integrator. It's you know that's the you know, the track the book traction EOS. Mm -hmm. So if you're like this person, then you need a Bill, right? And I always tell Bill, you're like the other side of my brain because Bill can do like Bill could figure out pretty much anything. Like what especially you talking about technology, like. Hey Bill, like I want to do this, this, and this, and they'll figure it out, right? Like that's not my skill set, but my skill set is ideas, right. marketing, branding, and like branding, building the bow brand, and bringing in business. This is what I'm good at, mm -hmm. and and figuring like real estate stuff out. But I'm not good mm -hmm. at making it work. Where a, a guy like Bill is good at making it work. So you have to find people that you can work with that can make the other side of your brain so it's cohesive, and then that's how you really grow. Because you're not going to, you're nobody's going to, you're not going to get big by yourself, right? You're going to, you can do about a million dollar business by yourself if you're extremely gifted. Like as a solopreneur, you could do a million bucks. But if you really want to grow, you have to know how to build team and build community and build organization. And you can do that with all virtual assistants and staff, right? It doesn't have to be like W2 employees, but you need those right. people. You have to find those people that will help you in your life because if you don't you're not going to you're probably not going to get the results you want you have to all the great big companies that grow huge it's because they mm -hmm. they get venture funding or they they're growing enough revenue and they can hire and or outsource all that stuff and they don't try to do it themselves like if you're editing your own videos you shouldn't be mm -hmm. right because my right. highest and best my highest and best use is being on the phone with a potential client and solving their problem and doing that in an efficient manner. So if I spent my time doing editing, it wouldn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas right. I can get a VA that's a 10 time better VA than me and I could pay them $6 an hour. So yeah. that's why I would say that you, you don't wanna, if you're doing this to monetize, like I'm doing my podcast to monetize, Mm -hmm. I won't, you have to build systems, right? Like you have to, unless you're the, the guy I was talking about that doesn't edit, but he still has somebody doing his thumbnails and everything. So he is outsourcing to a certain degree. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. We've covered a lot. It's been an hour, hour and five minutes or so. Yeah. Um, any, anything to, to say on close or any other questions you have, Megan? 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you seem pretty successful. You're obviously very successful. And we ask people um, what success means to them. And I think that that's a very different thing than just saying, like, I think that you're successful. So what success, like, what does that, what does that mean to you? What, what, when will you, or when do you feel like you've reached success or what does that look like? Uh, I definitely don't think I'm at the, the point I want to be right now. I would, for many years, I would judge myself against my friends or, you know, colleagues and things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are my friends. And fortunately, a lot of my friends are very successful. You're talking about people that have $30, $40 million net worth. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you start judging yourself like, geez, I'm so minuscule to these people. But then I'm thinking, well, the, <laughs> the reality of it is, is that the majority of American people live on $50,000 a year of income, right? Like I'm in kind of a, a different realm. Right. So as I get older and wiser, I define success as, as you know, I think it's being full circle, right? Like when we're, we're when we're on our deathbed, pretty much nobody, when we die, nobody's really going to remember us, right? Like there's very few people that you, that are remembered when they're dead. Right. So, you know, I think dying with millions of dollars would be great, but that doesn't mean anything, right? Like it really comes yeah. down to the memories that people have of you. And like, mm -hmm. so success to me is not really, the big thing about success is not really worrying about money. Mm -hmm. Not worrying about like where the next check's coming from is is success. Where you know money's covered, your expenses mm -hmm. are covered. You can do what you want realistically. You don't need to go buy Ferraris and that kind of stuff. And then it's just uh, being successful is is people like you, like you know you're somebody that gives back to society in a in a way. So like. A lot of times I'll go to the supermarket or something and I'm holding the door, right? And like, mm -hmm. it really irks me if somebody says, doesn't say thank you or gives me eye contact. So I always try, like those things I think make you mm -hmm. successful. Like if you're willing to like do stuff that makes sense to, mo to hopefully more people, like, hey, like if somebody opens a door for you, acknowledge them, give them eye contact. We're losing that in our society. So for being sure. successful to me, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's the, the, the goal is like, I'm, I can bring value to more people I can bring value to then I'm successful, right? I'm successful if I can share something with people and that'll give like, mm -hmm. that's what I, I, I enjoy the most. I, I went back to the Bay Area and I, I had a meetup I, for my real estate group and I hadn't been back in four years. And this guy came up to me and he's like, man, I just want to thank you. Cause like I met Mike at your meetup. And this guy was a new realtor. He mm -hmm. met Mike and he's done like 20 transactions because of the event I put on. And I've got like, I, this other guy that's in one of my groups was like, like I get this, these things, like this one guy, he's like a big, it's not Vinny, it's another guy. He spoke at our event and he's like, yeah, you were one of the first stages I got to. And now I have a billion dollar multifamily and uh, real estate portfolio. Not that I did it for him, but then that's mm -hmm. when I realized that I have accomplished a lot and I, I never yeah. celebrate those things. And that's what being successful is to me.
long story short. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. I like that answer. Yeah. And remembering well, to celebrate well, those things. Yeah. Well, Bo, Bo really embodies the whole, like, there, there, there are certain things like cliches and stuff in, in, in the entrepreneurial world. One of them is, you know, your, your net worth is, is dependent on your network, right. Mm -hmm. Or something to that effect. Like the bigger your network, the more your net worth. Right. And that's what these guys go to. There's also the hustle culture and, and all that kind of stuff. And Bo is a networker and it's, it's not because he has this ulterior motive. He likes people. He connects people. And the way he connects people is how can I solve this person's problem if I can't do it myself? And as we know, none of us can do everything. So he finds people. Well, he doesn't even find people. He, he knows all these people who can do the various things and he just puts them together and mm. everybody wins. It's That's like everybody great. shares like, the pie. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's incredible and it's a gift and, and he, I have to tell him all the time that that's, that's what you do. That's who you are. And we, we, we used to do events in the Bay area and, and get three or 400 people to show up. Like that's hard to do because when you think about yeah. it in the Bay area on a Saturday morning, right? People have, people have shit to do. Yeah. You know, it's hustle bustle. It, it, it is hustle culture in California, especially with business people and, and all the tech execs and, and entrepreneurs and whatnot. They don't, you know, if they're choosing to go to your event, it means it's adding value to them. They're not right. going there because they have the leisure time. Right. So he could put on an event every month and, 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 and get three or 400 people to show up. It's just a fact. And, and they all, they all benefit from it. And I think that's a gift. I really do. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Bo, thank you very much for coming on. I know we uh, had to you. reschedule you a few times, all due to our foibles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you. Um, I'd love to have you on again. Um, I think you you shared maybe like 2% of, of, of what you do and what you know. So you're always welcome back. I just hope that because my band was so slow, I feel like I'm talking very slow. I hate when it's... Uh, I don't know why. Usually Riverside doesn't do this, but man, it's like, I'm like in slow motion. <laughs> You're in slow yeah. motion on my screen. It's, it's just your picture. I mean, everything in voice is coming out great, but your picture is kind of in, in and out of slow motion, but I'm sure it'll be. I know, it's, we'll and figure it's, it out. <laughs> and it, it, it's hard. It's hard to be looking at the three people and not look at yourself while you're talking and go, why the hell am I moving? And then it, and then your speech slows down <laughs> to try to match your mouth, and it and it just gets worse and worse and I worse. Know. <laughs> it's so funny. That's so why funny. I'm like, oh, I hope it renders because it's like, what am I looking at? And like, I don't know. It's all right. It all work out. That's why you just say it'll be good. If you hear it, if you see it, I look a little bit weird. It's because my bandwidth on my end is very slow right now. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It'll be fine. All right, Bob. Well, thank you All very right. much.